A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rule Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. All right, welcome back. We're here at IMAX America. It is Tuesday, the 17th of October, 2023. Across from me at uh, the podcast studio here in the Event Design Collective booth is Janice Cardinal uh, with Events Minds Matter. Janice, we've been communicating forever on social media, LinkedIn, messages back and forth. Um, Anthony, who does the little intro, asked the conversation in the very beginning, right? A good conversation can change the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? I wouldn't leave it to chance. Um, I always like to be prepared. Mm -hmm. And so I've been following you for the last three years because I think that what you've done is incredible. I think that you've given purpose and value to all the people who have managed to learn the event design canvas way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I was a little bit younger, I might have taken the course. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't want to go back to school. (laughs) So that begs the question. Um, The methodology, or let's say, as, as you mentioned, quite a few people have gone through learning about this. Um, what is it that um, stops you from wanting to learn something new? That's an interesting question. And I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to provoke the question. Here. I know you yeah. are. Um, and that's what's fun about conversing. So it's not that I'm afraid. It's not that I don't think I can do it. It's time. Because I run a community which is a full-time, sometimes more than full-time job. And my dedication and commitment is to that. Mm -hmm. And I find that anything else beyond that becomes too much of a stress. So, you know, Anthony sent me the books. Mm -hmm. They sat on my table for a very long time until I sent them back. Really? But I have spoken to many people who have ended up taking your courses. Mm -hmm. And I, you know... It just wasn't something I was ready to do. Okay, yeah. It's interesting. We, we recently started talking much more about readiness for um, having the space, right? The space and time, maybe the mental space, the head space, the physical space, the ability or the willingness to do something. Um, last year, no, this year actually in IMAX in Frankfurt, we ventured on an expedition to develop or to actually ask people, um, what are some of the core reasons, based on a, out of a client question, which was, what are the top 10 reasons why events fail? Mm-hmm. And truth be told, we didn't have the answer. We could probably guess anecdotally what it is. And the context has changed dramatically in the last couple of years as to what makes events successful or fail. 
But more importantly, it's the people behind events, right? You call it uh, events minds matter, right? Mm -hmm. uh, although you use singular, event minds matter. Why the choice of singular or plural when it comes to events? We are focused 100% on meeting and event planners, hospitality, and corporate travel incentives, that type of thing. I mean, it'd be nice to save the world, but I can't do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm also a like-minded professional, so I understand what the event professionals are going through and have been going through for quite some time mm -hmm. because I was that person. Yeah. And I knew what it was like to be asked for an RFP on a Friday afternoon and have it ready for a Monday morning. Yeah. Yeah. So my way of working was habitual, just like many of the elders in the industry. But I didn't set up Event Minds Matter for the elders. I set it up for the next generation. I am determined to make changes that will be long-lasting and part of my legacy, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. So if the legacy is fulfilled, what does it look like? What it looks like is mandatory mental health training for the industry. It's never been pushed or even discussed. However, I believe it's time that we get very serious because you can have all the conversations in the world that you want, it'll still go under the rug. Mm -hmm. But if we make it mandatory, it's a whole different thing. And mandatory doesn't mean it's a whole, you know, long course here or a expense. It's a $95 course, it's called We Care and it's 40 minutes. Because most people, for example, here at IMAX, if I were to ask them if they understood the language around mental health, I can guarantee you they would say no. If you talk about language and a common language, I think that's always important, right? Do you have that language in common? Apparently you identified a language is not in common at this stage. If you would go around the trade show with, what, 17, 18,000 people that are here over the next three days, and this is the core of the industry with many new entrants, right? There's been a big refresh, so to say, of the talent. What has led to that refresh and how does that impact what you do? When we first started, we had a mission. The mission was to create brave spaces, or build brave spaces to amplify the conversation on mental health. Before we even wrote one piece of content, we looked at ourselves first for the first six months. And what we were looking at was, what is it about our industry that bothers us? What is it that stresses us out? What makes us feel burnt out? And going through all those motions helped us to create the pillars of our community. When we started to write the content, it was personal content, different ideas, initiatives, resources. We needed time to build and to attract people and we did a few different things that helped us to get to where we needed to be, but right now, we started a campaign called Hello, My Name is Human, because out of the 16, 17,000 people that might be here at IMAX, you're not gonna remember their names. But when somebody makes you feel good, that's what you remember. So it's all part of belonging. So we have our little audio bubble right here in this noise that people might hear in the background, our little audio bubble in which we might have an audience who we have no idea who they are. They might be uh, listening to this, wondering what that language is, and if they go through that 40-minute course, what are those pillars that you were just mentioning that the community has, that you're building on? 
And what are some of the language items that people need to think about when they think about education and mental health? Well, why don't we pretend? We're going to pretend that you work for me. Mm -hmm. And we are a corporation with many employees. We have an HR department. Mm -hmm. You're actually, before you work for me, you're going to be interviewing with me, and you're going to decide in your mind whether or not you should tell me if you have any issues with your mental health. Mm -hmm. Could be anxiety, it could be ADHD, it could be anything. So if I am not a caring culture as an organization, then you don't want to tell me that. Because what I can tell you is there are many people to this moment that are still being let go because of their mental health. There are laws protecting in certain places people, you know, who maybe need a different position than the one that they applied for. But that's, that's one little aspect of it. The truth of the matter is, is that let's say you're now working for me and you have a problem, okay? And I've created this safe space for you. We meet once a week as a group. You know, we talk about what happened last week. We talk about what's going to go forward this week. And then I end up saying to you, you know, we have some jobs, whatever. They're going to be a little bit later than your 9 to 5, etc. And you're a few months into it, and you come to me and you go, you know what, I'm just not feeling myself. I think there's just too much. My, re my response has to be to listen to you. Beyond listening to you, you have to use emotional intelligence. First of all, you're going to tell me what's going on. And what I'm going to answer you is, I acknowledge what you've just said, Ruth. I respect it. What can I do to help you? There's very little of that that actually happens. We think it's so simple, but it doesn't necessarily happen in every organization or association because people don't care. People don't think it's their job to help somebody else. It's not to say to fix. I mean, I'm not, as an owner, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a clinician. I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but I'm a human. And so if you don't have humanity within you, then you'll never be able to really be a, an entrepreneur or a true leader. So I hear from people all the time how much there is toxic leadership. And I know this to be true because they contact me and ask me what to do. So it's been, it's been very interesting and a real education for me. I personally have taken a peer support program. I've done an emotional intelligence course and a positive intelligence course. Mm -hmm. I care about the people in my community. Mm -hmm. I'm just writing something now called Where Did All the Members Go? Mm -hmm. And that's all about where did all the members go from the associations. Mm -hmm. I can tell you they don't know where they went or why they did. Why? Because they never asked. Mm -hmm. It's called humanity. Yeah. So the theme here at IMAX is human nature. Uh, for two years it was nature. Now the word human has been added to that. How does that resonate with the work you're doing? And the really important, I think, it's almost like basic education and basic knowledge on how to address uh, mental health in a situation where it's a competitive environment, right? be very noisy as we can tell right behind us we have a, an event design sprint happening right at this very moment with people on their uh, on our trade show booth how what's the braiding point the starting point for bringing human nature into an organization that is toxic or an organization where the one that signals it that reaches out to you 
What is their role or what's your role in establishing credibility or establishing the first foothold to start that change in that organization? How do you do that? I believe that I sit down like I am with you today and we have a conversation about leadership and what it means to you mm -hmm. and where your vision is. Where do you see your company in the next five years? Mm -hmm. The thing with COVID that is fact is that many owners of small to mid-sized businesses, you know, mortgaged their homes, went to the bank for hundreds of thousands of dollars, mm -hmm. and so they're not leaving anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So they're going to still run their businesses in a traditional way that they had always run their businesses. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to break through. But I think that we need to, or they need to look at younger people for technology and for, you know, thought leadership, et cetera. And it can be taught. It can, it can happen. You know, it's just, it's how you have the conversation. You know, it's, it's how you approach people. Yeah. Yeah. I also know that having that conversation when you are mentally in distress is much more difficult than if you are balanced or whatever you would like to call that, if you feel, if you do not feel that pressure. How does that relate to being able to address that when it's maybe too late or when you're in a situation where you are in tumbleweed? How, do, how does that work? I believe that if we can convince the leaders to have a little bit of training and then we give it to our management company, you know, our management teams and then the employees, that it's, it's a slow walk up a hill but it'll reach a peak and everybody will be a lot healthier for it. The dividends will prove themselves. I think that a younger generation is looking for this. I don't believe that when they go and look for a job that, that the employer is interviewing them. They are interviewing the employer. They are looking for the caring culture. They are looking for, you know, flexibility. They want to work partially remotely. You know, if we don't adapt to where we are today, then nothing will ever change. So, and I see companies that are, you know, hanging on by a string. You know, we could say all the things we want about how great things are, and yes, live events are back, et cetera, et cetera. But I can also turn around and say to you, there's a lot of people that are not doing so well. Yeah. And I think acknowledging that and getting the truth out of people is something that maybe COVID has brought about, right? I, there's one silver lining, and I don't like the words, but the realization that real conversations need to happen and are happening, maybe in confidence, maybe in different channels, um, might be a first limelight of finding that breaking point and getting that much more above the water. Many have forgotten, or I'm always surprised at how little People speak about the fact that for two and a half years we've been cooped up, uh, except maybe for right behind us we have a break free uh, uh, by our partners Encore, right? People breaking free from whatever that was before. But how do you, why, why does humanity do that? Why do they, so, something so dramatic, maybe the, the world's most successful event, right? COVID, that changed everyone's behavior, unfortunately not in the desired direction of change. Um, just get eliminated from our memories or gets pushed behind. Is that normal in, when you talk about, does that matter as an event that we yes. try to forget about? Is it normal to do that? I think that it's a process. 
I think that um, you have to understand what it's like to not be able to get up in, from bed in the morning. I am somebody who suffered from depression for many, many years. I have been a longtime advocate. I know what it's like. I've been an entrepreneur all my life, and I battled through it and still ran my business successfully. It's not easy. So I am particularly empathetic to those in this industry that are struggling. And if we even give voice to one person so that they don't any longer have fear, shame, or stigma, that's a win. And I look for wins in life. I look for the benefit to both parties. So if we can, you know, gently discuss that in an organization and how that would benefit the organization, I can prove ROI. That's fascinating. We have an audience listening to this very podcast. We have no idea how many people there are. Um, but if they would like to know more about what this is and how it could help them, what's the best thing for them to do? They should follow us on LinkedIn. We have a LinkedIn uh, page. They can reach out to me personally, Janice Cardinelli on LinkedIn. Um, and they can even get involved if they want to. I mean, we have members, and all members are like-minded event professionals. And if you don't want to get involved, but you just want to support by commenting, liking, sharing what we're doing, then that's great too. You know, there are no expectations. We all work as volunteers, and I understand that people have so much capacity. So I respect that, and everybody has their boundaries, and I think that's another thing that came out of COVID. You know, people are trying to ask questions, but let's get realistic. You know, are you going to still push that person like I got pushed and call them on a Friday expecting something on a Monday morning because they have a life with their families? Now, now weekends are different in different countries, right? Some countries have weekend on Friday right. and Saturday. They might have the Sunday to work on it. I'm, I'm cracking a light joke to illustrate the point that I think it is the most basic building block that can sometimes tip people into oblivion. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that, right? So sometimes, especially the young professionals, but even the experienced professionals uh, that haven't seen the signals of what it means to be overworked or to be, to be going beyond the boundary of what their capacity is, it's not a place of shame. It's actually a, a place of discovery, right? And um, I'm really glad that you're taking this initiative. Thank you for doing that. I think it's really... Um, easy to access, right? Because I think through the partnership that I think you have currently with different players here in the market space, it is visible. LinkedIn is the place where people go for their professional information. So um, let's make sure we add that to the footer notes of this particular episode that's going to come out tomorrow whilst the show is still on. And then um, any hashtags or any practical things we need to add to that besides I'm human. Hashtag mental health awareness, hashtag wellness matters, hashtag people first. Okay, excellent. Well, Janice, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. Thanks, Rude. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and let's, um, one last question maybe. How many people are currently have taken the training and what's your ambition level by the end of this year? There are very few people in our industry that's taken the training level. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that's now what we're all 
That's what this whole white paper is about that we've created yeah. and making it mandatory. I said it's like climbing a mountain. You yeah. reach one peak, you go to the next. But I can tell you this, I'm determined and driven and I will not give up until I get what I want. Yeah. I think um, those that need this will accept the wants that you have. Um, you sound very determined. I know you are determined as a successful business professional in this space. Um, let's give Janice all the help that we can give to anyone that needs it. Right? And I think that's the empowerment that we all have within us. Um, we're going to publish a white paper. We're going to support it. We're going to make sure all our certified event designers know about this. And there's people that are downloading the event canvas, which is thousands of people, hopefully involved in the event space, but usually they are. And um, let's let's spread this like wildfire, so that um, as many people can benefit from this as possible. I am truly grateful for the opportunity, and I thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, Janice. A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rue Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations.